Hello, everybody. It is me, your dear old Uncle Otter. But I'm not just your Otter. Ooh, not just your uncle today. I am You're not your dungeon daddy. And with me today is three uh, unfortunate survivors. And I'm going to mix it up today uh, for my unfortunate survivors. And I'm going to throw them a curveball. So as they introduce themselves, I'd also like to ask them a question. Does your character easily trust somebody? Uh, starting with uh, the man who's playing Mr. Avery Locke. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell me, does your character come to easily trust somebody they meet? Hi, I'm Guy. I'm playing Avery Locke, the young, handsome professor. And he's probably too trusting. Probably too trusting. Very nice. Okay, uh, moving right along, uh, Ms. Desdemona, uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell me, uh, is your character, or was your character, trusting? All right. Well, howdy, y'all. My name is Mari. Um, playing the role of Desdemona Valmaris. Um, I would have to say Desdemona. I would say that she was a trusting person, but due to circumstances that were beyond her control, that were unfortunate and unpleasant, she's probably less trusting and constantly looking over her shoulder. There's only one person she can rely on, and that's her and potentially the spirit board, she carries. Very nice. You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, more shit has happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, uh, uh, Mr. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell me, uh, do you believe that your character uh, is easily trusting to people he just meets? Hi, I am uh, David. I'm playing our middle-aged farmer, Jeremiah. And uh, yeah, I think he is trusting. I'd say he errs on the side of trusting. Yes. He, he wants to believe in the good of people. Um, although, yeah, with with current events, we'll see. But especially with what's going on now. I think he has to be trusting, otherwise he's dead. Fair enough. Get our land someone. Yeah, That's exactly. Uh, so with that being said, uh, where we last left our survivors, they were just coming out of the mouth of the Malmouth sewers. Uh, they find themselves deposited uh, on the lower banks of a river. Um, they had just crested a hill where they became eye-lined with both Malmouth and the Malmouth outskirts. And much to their surprise, they saw not only was Malmoth burning, but the entire horizon was on fire with a low green dim. They had also met a, uh, a very curious young girl uh, by the name of Emma, who seems to have some strange powers. And we had also absconded with a few artifacts from the Luminari vaults, one of which was an obsidian gauntlet that seemed to be an inert sphere until uh, Mr. Avery touched it. And uh, another one, which was a small coin, which seemingly contained a collapsing star inside of it. Uh, who knows what that does or what its purpose is, but uh, the mysterious child, Emma, asked for it specifically, and Olgaf, the vault keeper, had given it to them. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in to where we last were. You see the skyline of Malmoth, once again silhouetted, but not by the setting sun like it was last time, but by a corona of fire tracing along 
every single building with long curling and uncurling fingers of flame that lick into the buildings and are slowly consuming them. Chief among them is the lighthouse that always seems to uh, seems to be a staple of Malma's skyline. Uh, of course, uh, the Great Dome on Crown Hill. And of course, the ever-present Valmaras Estate, one of the largest buildings in Malmoth proper, Desdemona. You, your eyes, immediately train to the horizon, and you see the Malmoth Estate. What are you thinking? Um, immediately thinking of family, Calvin, everyone that was in there. Hoping, praying that they made it out all right. It can't be them. I can't bear to think that they would all suffer. Uh, with that, we are whisked away to a more pleasant time. Three months prior, we see Desdemona in her natural habitat, uh, happy and healthy in the Valmar state. What are you doing on an average day, middle of the day? Hmm. Probably out with Evangeline, taking a nice walk, enjoying things as they are and as they come, just window shopping, or maybe going through a, a short lesson of uh, proper manners and etiquette, and just taking the day as it is. So let's say you are just coming from a manners and etiquette lesson with your dearest Evangeline. You are walking down the streets of Crown Hill, uh, the soft city streets, smooth against your feet, the sun brightly shining, kissing your skin gently, and a carriage pulls up and out steps uh, your loving husband, Calvin. Uh, and he wraps you by the hips and grabs you close and kisses you on your mouth and says, Desdemona, the most wonderful thing happened. First of all, and he, he pats around his jacket, says, Magdalene made the most incredible poster I've ever seen. And he, and he unfurls it one corner at a time. It's right now just a small square. Unfolds it, unfolds it, unfolds it, and shows it to you. And you see three hands holding up candles with a roaring flame on top. Um, and he, he looks at you and says, oh, isn't it just splendid? Oh, Calvin, she did wonderful. Let's really get the word across. It's not just that. I, I spent the day meeting with the, with the labor leaders and the, and the people left behind, the poor and the downtrodden. And I have to tell you, Desdemona, their, their spirits are like... They're like kerosene. And all they need is a spark. Oh, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear this. I can't believe you're doing this, Calvin. You'll bring so much good to the city. Oh, I can't believe we're doing this. And that memory disappears in front of you into a, a puff of smoke as once again you're snapped back into reality, cognizant of the fact that there are uh, a soft chorus of screams coming from all around you, the smell of, of burning flesh uh, stinging your eyes and, and seeping into your nose. Jeremiah, you have uh, Emma in your arms. And uh, she yeah. sounds sort of weak to you right now. You can see her, her fingernails are, are blackened and cracked. 
there were burned scars all along her face that seem to get even longer and more exaggerated now. She looks um, uh, tired and despondent. Um, and she said, she says to you, We should be safe here for the time being, but we cannot dawdle. We have to get as far away from Malmuth as possible. But first, you must staunch your bleeding. And as you, as you sort of look down, you do see um, uh, scrape marks deep, deep inside uh, of your stomach underneath your armor, sort of trickling with blood. You see uh, great gashes across your neck and down your chest from where fingernails drag and dug deep into your flesh. How's everybody else looking? Locke, you okay? Desdemona? Yeah, I got unscathed. Good. I will manage. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Thank you. All right. Let me just uh, bandage myself up real quick and we can keep going. And he will do so. Uh, I don't think he has any actual bandages unless he managed to get some from the Luminari vault. So he's probably just like taking, uh, you know, ripping off like spare cloth from his shirt or something. And, uh, you know, just blotting what he can, binding what he can just to to keep himself from, uh, you know, from getting any worse. Uh, yes, wonderful. That's what I assumed. You just take, a, take some simple cloth, some improvised bandages staunch the bleeding um, and this is just a simple way for me to tell you that you can get you can use one of your hit die right now uh, to ah. gain a little bit of health before I put you back uh, into the ringer so to speak sure let's see that is 1d10 I believe uh, while he is doing that um, ooh a 7 I'm up to full very nice uh, Mr. Locke Professor Locke rather uh, what are you doing at this time? Uh, probably helping look over the wounds. Uh, I don't think they really need me, nor am I particularly good at patching up people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Locke's going to want to make himself feel useful. As Jeremiah is patching up his wounds, uh, you're, you're looking close. You can tell that, um, that he got all the areas that he needed to. You found one sort of errant scratch that was seeping blood on his side that he wasn't quite cognizant of. You pointed it out to him, and he was able to bandage it up nicely. Uh, you see Emma walk past you up to the crest of the hill that you were standing on, and she is looking back forlorn uh, towards the gates. And as she's passing by, you can hear her um, sort of muttering something softly to herself and thumbing something in between her thumb and her index finger, just looking down at it intently and just sort of repeating what seems to be like a mantra to herself again and again. Real quick, is Desdemona... Looking like she could use a little bit of uh, cl- stripe, strips of cloth, as it were. Um. Well, because we leveled up, does that mean I, my health goes back to full or not? Nah? Uh, I'm actually not sure what the rules are. I think your health should mean remain damaged, but you'll nah, get the level yeah. Yeah. as... This ain't World of Warcraft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm only a couple points down. I'm not, like, bloodied or anything. So she's probably got, like, a few scra- uh, scratches or something like that, pro- probably trickling a little bit of blood, but she's standing on two feet. Jeremiah would uh, tend to her if possible, and he'd also want to check on Emma because Emma wasn't looking too good either. He's going to see if there's anything he can do for her as well. Yeah, you see Emma again on the crest of that hill, 
she's looking down, she's looking distracted. You see her thumbing something between her thumb and her index finger, and she's just sort of chanting to herself. Does it look like the coin that we got from the Luminary Vaults? Uh, you actually have that. Old Gaffin oh. trusted that to you, and you alone. That is in your possession. Well, let me write that in my inventory. Hmm? Does Desdemona see her doing this as well? Uh, yeah, I would assume the, that uh, tight-knit party, everybody would, would, uh, would sort of see this happening. Okay. Um, if Jeremiah is over, just kind of helping her tend to her little wounds or whatever, um, she would just kind of lean in and just say, um, Mr. Jeremiah, yes, um, there's something odd that I noticed about Emma. There are many odd things I've noticed about that girl. And please, just call me Jeremiah. Yes, I will. Uh, The sort of magic, I suppose, is what it is that she is doing. It seemed strangely similar to what that creature was doing, bringing those bodies back. Mm. I would be cautious of her. I know she's trying to help as far as I know, but after what we've seen and what we've been through, I'm just not sure. That makes sense. And what about your magic? Was that different? This is different, I would say, yes. Hmm. I'm very limited as to what I can do, but from what I've seen her do, bringing a, a body back to life, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's disconcerting. And uh, once I'm done uh, helping Desdemona, I'll I'll walk over to Emma and uh, just like gently put a hand on her shoulder. And uh, And still she's repeating the same thing to herself. And when you place your hand on her shoulder, she sort of uh, uh, gets startled and, and, and comes back to reality. And she says, yes, what is it? How are you doing? Do you need to be patched up at all? I will be fine. Look, Do- and she draws your attention uh, to the uh, to the gates of Malmuth, and she says, "The vanguard is breaking through. We don't have much time left." And what you see, uh, sort of wriggling their way through these gates, are these sort of uh, horrifying, elongated, almost humanoid-looking uh, creatures, uh, except stretched to their very limits. Um, you see their, their sort of like pale and almost rotten looking skin and at the very end of their arms are these sort of uh, writhing mass of, of flesh with pulsating veins and pustules and at the end of those sort of long gnarled looking calcified claws that almost look like sabers um, and you can see them sort of uh, writhing their way through uh, the bars of the portcullis and sort of running with incredible speed through the Malmuth outskirts. Um, and alongside them, almost tearing their way through the open sky uh, in these portals of uh, made out of green fire, uh, are these creatures that look like bloated monstrosities. Again, humanoid in shape, but almost look like uh, four times the width and size with flabs of fat hanging down and over, uh, almost mangled and stitched together. Um, uh, but again, moving at this this incredible, almost inhuman speed, and you see one of them uh, sort of bound forward and um, and sort of snatch up this woman who is trying to escape the ensuing chaos and just tear her clean in half. And there are other there are men, women, and children f- 
fleeing Malmuth outskirts in mass. You can see some of them made their way from Malmuth proper and are now sort of trickling their way through the streets, except cutting off their paths are these sort of massive spires of flesh that protrude from the ground. And you see their, their writhe all the way up to their sort of spire with human hands. Uh, and you see they sort of lurch forward and grab a man before violently shaking back and forth, ragdolling this man until you can tell that just about every bone in his body is broken. And amongst that chaos, you see three men. Um, Professor Locke, you would recognize one of these men as the man who had uh, dismissed Margrave with the seal of the emperor. Uh, Again, just to recall his visuals, he has sort of this stringy, long, curly hair that's roughly shoulder length. Uh, He's dressed in this uh, navy top coat with, with gold clasps, almost as if he's flaunting his wealth. And on top, he's got this wide-brimmed hat and uh, sort of a cloak billowing on underneath it, as if he's got his, uh, his, his evening clothes. And half of his face... Sneering fellow, if I recall. That's exactly right. Half of his face is sort of drooping down, while the other half sort of has this twisted smile. And next to him are... Um, Two other men, to put it lightly, uh, one sort of short and stocky, uh, wearing what you would recognize as crown guard armor, um, sort of uh, big, thick, and wide, dressed uh, from head to toe in this sort of silver and gold armor, uh, with sort of green smoke and fire seeping out from uh, the cloistered eye holes, holding a, um, a great big battle axe wreathed in green fire, and another man who is sort of lithe and gaunt, uh, with a, uh, a metal mask in front of his face, and a, a sort of saber at his side, again, tipped and drenched in that same green fire. And you see the man sort of lean over to uh, his compatriot, uh, the one in the, uh, the crown armor with the battle axe. He goes, Bosco, let us celebrate the glorious dawn with a, a little party favor. Uh, alive, if you will. And you see his, his dutiful bodyguard sort of trunch out into the chaos um, and sort of disappear in the smoke. Um, and Emma sort of says to herself, Lissay. We need to get out of here. Yeah, let's go. We Where were you planning on going after we got out, Emma? Those monstrosities, they have the same faculties as humans. They can see... They can hear, they can smell. We need to move quickly and quietly, and under no circumstances should we fight these creatures. These are Master Marcel's prize collection, his vanguards. They are incredibly proficient killers. We would not stand a chance. I don't plan to test myself. Uh, Jeremiah will remove his... um his chainmail if we have enough time to do so, so that he's not running around like ching, 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 uh, to help be, you know, quiet. Um, if mm-hmm. we don't have Unless you're living on the ground, it's going to uh, chink around in your back then. Uh, yeah, but you can about chainmail mechanically in D&D 5e. Um, does that, like plate mail, have the same sort of uh, stealth deficiency? I believe so. Oh, I grabbed the monster manual. Wrong book. No, I will double check. We don't need to look but, up. That's fine. Uh, so what's going to happen is if you yes. leave your chain mail behind, I am going to give you a proficiency in stealth. 
for this encounter, this sort of soft encounter. And let me explain how this encounter works. You guys are going to have to make a series of checks against my encounter table. Whatever encounter I roll, you're going to have to tell me how you deal with that encounter. Say Jeremiah wants to lead the party through stealth. Jeremiah would roll his stealth roll, and we would match that against the DC of that encounter. If you pass it, gotcha. you get uh, get by without uh, without sort of running into uh, into the creatures. And if you fail it, you're going to have to confront the creatures in some manner. You can only use each character's check once. Uh, so if we gotcha. use Jeremiah's stealth, Jeremiah can no longer use his stealth for the next encounter. However, uh, any other party member can use their stealth. All you have to do is justify what you're using and how you're rolling it. Does that make gotcha. sense for Yes. Um, now, question. The armor on. I was going to say, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. If it's between leaving it on or leaving it behind, then I'm leaving it on. I, I, I assumed we'd have some sort of like pack that I could put it in for the time being, but no, I'll, I'll keep it on. Yeah, um, one thing I should note is that um, this is a, a chaotic, almost battlefield esque situation. Um, <clears throat> there is a sort of soft layer of sound of crackling fire, uh, screaming, horrible grunts and groaning all the way throughout. Um, so a little bit of chainmail sound uh, is probably going to get lost in the ensuing tapestry of noise uh, around you. But I was saying, if you're willing to make that sacrifice of your armor, I would give you a benefit of it. But if you're not, I got you. then mm -hmm. uh, that's totally fine as well. Um what I would suggest, I think what Jeremiah is going to suggest, I think I think once we find some place where stealth will be easier, um, that's when we can start slowing down and try to lose them. But for now, I think just we getting just out, get out of the city. priority. Yeah. Like, so with that being said, I think Jeremiah kind of like kneels down with his back to Emma, implying like piggyback, like hop on. Um, and then if possible... I would like to use athletics to move us just as quickly as possible away. Uh, wonderful. So uh, just so we're totally clear, the only way forward is through, uh, is through these outskirts. So the situation you find yourself in is you're sort of moving, uh, moving around these sort of like loose farmsteads, small shops. You're often going to find yourselves uh, darting in between narrow dirt paths um, and, and tight corridors. Uh, to find your way out. Okay. Uh, so I, I, say I, the parts I, of the city that are outside the walls. Exactly. Uh, this is called uh, the Malmuth outskirts. You go ahead, you lower your shoulders. Uh, uh, you see Emma begrudgingly uh, sort of latches her, her arms uh, around your shoulders. Um, and you can sort of smell like singed hairs coming off of her arms. Um, yeah. And I say... Uh... I'm new to this area, but I'm not new to farmsteads. Fair enough. Okay, go ahead and roll your athletics check, and I'm going to roll my encounter check. All right. Here we go. Oh, uh, that is a 13 plus 5, 18. Math checks uh, out. With, <laughs> with incredible speed, Jeremiah is able to move not only himself, but Emma through the din and the chaos and following him. Uh, Professor Locke and uh, and Desdemona are able to cut a clear path through. You guys move through uh, the streets, 
Uh, you can hear uh, sort of people getting slaughtered and spattered behind you, and you eventually find yourself um, to sort of a tightly knit row of houses that don't really have any gaps in them, all side by side, sort of forming a nice, tidy little wall. Um, real quick, uh, as Emma is on your back, I would like uh, for Jeremiah to make a perception check for me. Sure. Let's see. Ooh, 18 plus 1 is 19. I'm loving these die. Uh, you can hear, uh, you can tell that Emma is sort of trying to keep this uh, to herself, but you can hear softly in her ear, my name is Emma Stax, daughter to Robert and Francis Stax. My name is Emma Stax, daughter to Robert and Francis Stax. And she's just repeating that over and over again. Uh, so okay. you guys find yourself... Um, up against this row of houses, I'm going to make my encounter check real quick. Uh, very nice. Uh, sort of, um, you see uh, these three sort of gangly uh, claw monstrosities raking at, uh, at a few now long since dead and mutilated corpses. Sort of just again digging and digging, flaying flesh, spraying viscera into the air. Uh, not seeming to pay anything else on mine, but they are sort of blocking the simplest route forward. Who would like to make the next check, and with what? Uh, I would like to uh, kind of approach the houses and see if there's a, a path through that may not be immediately apparent, perhaps using investigation. Go ahead and roll that investigation. Well, my investigation skill is good, but my roll is a three. Oh, it's so total of an eight. Okay, uh, you try one door, it's locked. You try a second door, it's again, it's locked. It seems like this one's sort of barred from the other side. Uh, you try the third door, uh, it opens, but there aren't there aren't windows or doors leading to the other side. It's just a very simple sort of hovel, one single room, a bed, a few chairs, a stove top, and really that's it. No immediately discernible way through. Uh, it seems like the only way through is past these creatures. I, I kind of like signal with my head towards the creatures and draw my gun. I uh, I kneel down again, let Emma get off, and I just <sighs> pitchfork, grab that uh, grab the rain barrel now, lid yeah. shield. <laughs> I do want to emphasize that you don't have to kill these creatures. You just have to get past these creatures. Okay. So I think... I'm, I'm not saying I'm forcing you into a uh, battle-to-death encounter. I'm, in, I'm <laughs> forcing you... I'm funneling into, into an encounter where you have to deal with these three creatures in some way, whether that's circumventing them in some creative way, or whether that's blowing right past them, or just straight-up killing them. Definitely an option, but not the option, right? Not the only option. Sure, sure. Desdemona seeing that the men are getting their weapons <laughs> ready is... Jeremiah <laughs> is not the brightest bulb. <laughs> She's just going to put a hand up and just put a finger to her lips like this. And she's going to... Um, place the board uh, that she's been pulling close to her down. And... Um, from the um, beneath her dress collar, she's just going to pull out a uh, necklace that she has had concealed. It's a crystal in the shape of a heart. Um, and she just kind of places it down on the board and she kind of runs her hands in a circular motion and mutters a few arcane words. 
and when she looks up in a certain direction where the uh, creatures are currently, she's going to cast Silent Image. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Nice. Uh, so what I'm going to say is that uh, for the rest of this encounter, uh, you cannot use your uh, spellcasting uh, modifier to circumvent the DC for any further encounters. Um, nice. So you go ahead, you take your uh, your crystal necklace, you move it over your board. Um, what words do you spell? <laughs> I was going to say distraction is too long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I guess just uh, just image. Just the word image. Uh, just image. Um, wonderful. So what you write out, I-M-A-G-E. Again, lavender <sighs> pervades all of your senses. Your, your smell, you can see the color lavender deep within your eyes. You taste sharp lemon and sugar on your tongue. And heartbreakingly, what you see um, is an image wisp up of Evangeline in the city streets. Oh as, no! As she calls out and she waves her arm, and she goes, "Yoo-hoo, monsters, over here!" And she runs into the streets. They're going to. You see them sort of swivel. What would be their head? But instead of uh, a head from the neck up, they have sort of this massive writhing tendrils and teeth. As they sort of look to see uh, to see the uh, ghostly image of your daughter, sort of running down the street. They get up and they move with incredible speed. They start sprinting down that way. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. And uh, off we go. Off you go. You still got M on your back? Yeah, yeah. And then you guys... I clasp uh, Desdemona's shoulder as we rush past. Desdemona, how are you feeling after that? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, certainly wasn't expecting to <laughs> to have the image be of her. Uh, so seeing her in a physical form, just momentarily frozen, but immediately snaps back into present, knowing that the danger is being distracted and taken away. Very and she just has nice. to go. Uh, I think I messed that up because you can't silent image, right? And clearly the image is not silent, <laughs> but... Maybe mouthing the words. Yes. Um, So (laughs) the next encounter. Oh, very nice. Uh, You guys come up into uh, a sort of empty uh, city street, and it looks to be uh, almost deafeningly silent here. You seem to have found uh, this one sort of calm area of the Malmuth outskirts. Uh, You can again hear the crackling fire, distant screams and and hollers. It's surprisingly uh, serene in this area. Quiet. Perhaps a little more quiet than could have been expected. <laughs> as the as the, the classic phrase goes. Yeah, exactly. Do you Roughly. think we should try and rest here, or are we still too close? It seems like this keep moving. Nice the monsters body. will keep swarming. Yes. Emma says, we cannot stop. We cannot rest. The vanguard will not stop. Shit. All right. Does anyone? Uh, but what this means is that this encounter is essentially a, a free pass. Sweet. Okay. Next encounter coming up. Fantastic. I don't like that face. I don't like them. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, like that. I was just really hoping this encounter would come up. Um, oh, as you guys <laughs> are moving, moving further down, 
Uh, I choose to sacrifice David. <laughs> what? Say that again? What? Nothing. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Jeremiah, you feel your heart stop. Weird, right? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you go ahead, you're navigating the, the city streets left, right, left, right. Uh, you're eventually worming your way towards uh, towards the edge of the Malmouth outskirts. You can tell you're a little bit more than halfway there, and you come across a um, a rather large homestead. Um, and inside, you can hear um, the voice of a woman screaming. She's going, "No, stop! Get off of me! Get off of me!" And moments later, the door bursts open, and you see, clad in armor. Lisey's uh, or Lisey's right-hand man Bosco just sort of dragging a woman by her ankle and sort of just trunching through the streets, just just moving forward, not really paying you any mind. And you see she's she's thrashing violently and and sort of clawing at him if if she gets a chance, but he's in armor and he's not really flinching at all. I think you all just hear Jeremiah say under his breath, "If somebody needs help, you help them." Jeremiah, there's a girl on your back that needs help. You're right. Emma, get off. You uh, too. With, with a ahead. great amount of hesitancy, she, she, uh, she drops to the ground uh, sort of weakly, and you feel uh, the weight of her off of your back. Jeremiah, you can't help this woman. I have to try. And there I are thousands trying. of people dying back in the city. If you're not helping them, you can let this one go. We need to get out of here. Jeremiah, it's up to you. What would you like to do? I say, uh, keep her safe. Good luck. I don't turn my back on people who need me. We need you. Can I ask for a persuasion roll? Is that all right <laughs> with you, DM? Uh, you want to try to persuade? Uh, no, I want Avery him. To, I want. I want Guy to. I want uh, Avery to persuade Jeremiah. I will tell you what. I will let you roll the persuasion, but I'm not going to hold Guy to that persuasion roll. Does that sound fair? You can you can roll to see how pers- per, uh, persuasive you are, uh, but at the end Guy sets his own DC. No, I, I want. Guy to roll for me. He wants me, me to roll. I want oh, okay. Avery uh, then, to try and convince Jeremiah to ignore what's happening. Uh, then very good. Then same rules. Uh, Jeremiah, I, yes. you are not beholden to his conversation right. no matter what it is. I, I'm gonna set, let me say the DC that I've got in my head, if that's right. That way I'm not metagaming this at all, right? Sure, sure, sure. I'm thinking a DC 13. Something reasonable, but not super easy, because he does understand that you do make a good point. What is the uh, the role? 18. 18. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you just see Jeremiah like kind of like flinch a little bit, you know, like he just froze his brow and frowns and just sighs. Mm. Fuck. All right. And uh, he, he takes Emma again and on they go, but he does not look happy. Emma is, 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 is back on your shoulders, but she can feel uh, your shoulders sort of slump under her weight just a little bit more than they were as uh, the weight of what just happened uh, hangs heavy over Jeremiah, as you see Bosco, illuminated in green, with the woman's screams and thrashing, get just a little bit more quiet, and a little bit more quiet, before eventually becoming entirely silent in the night. And you guys move on. Ever closer to the edge of the Malmouth city outskirts, uh, more than three quarters of the way there, you can tell that the worst is behind you at this point. 
uh, except as you move forward, you see uh, one final obstacle uh, sort of blocking your path. Uh, one of these sort of grotesque creatures, uh, again, roughly four times the width of a normal human, fat flaps hanging over the, over fat flaps, hanging over fat flaps, seem to be roughly stitched together as you just see it sort of chasing down people and crushing them against, uh, against palisades or, or picking up people and, and just chewing them in half uh, with, a, with a single bite. Uh, you see there's a, there's a, there's a group of, uh, let's see, there's just one person sort of backed up against the wall. And you see this monster is about to lunge at this person. I mean, Locke wouldn't stop. What would, so uh, this is the same sort of deal. Uh, what would you guys like to do to circumvent this situation? If we try to move by, is it likely to notice us and go after us? Uh, I can't tell you what's going to happen. But um, I will tell you that logically, these are creatures of instinct, as what Emma told you. It will generally <laughs> go for the biggest mass of people. And right now it's focused on someone right in front of him. Exactly. Right in front of it. So I think Jeremiah doesn't actually feel the need to help this one because no matter what he does, this guy's this poor person's just dead no matter what. So I think we should take our, take this opportunity while it's distracted. Go around. Um, what what's the surrounding area like? What kind of build? Are these still just more like farmsteads and things you like have, that? Have uh, since sort of made your way from the biggest mass of farmsteads and uh, and houses and lodgings. Uh, it's now very very scattered and loose. Uh, you see a few houses, but it's mostly just a a few small palisades and just an open road beyond this creature. Would Jeremiah? Nah, I can't find a way to finagle it. I was trying to think of a way I could use survival, but it just doesn't seem like that would make sense for anything. Uh, All we gotta do is justify whatever check we're using and then roll that check. Survival in that he's not tr- he's not trying to be sneaky, but he knows enough about animals in general. Even though these are obviously monsters, they seem to be behaving like animals. And he knows that while, you know, an angry animal is focused on something else, that's your chance to, you know, either escape from it or, you know, if you're hunting it, that's your chance to take the shot or something like that. And seeing that, uh... that this beast is distracted, he just says, like, you know, maybe it's like looking around and then it sets his eyes on this guy and Jeremiah just says, like, now. And... Yeah, I'm going to tell you uh, exactly uh, what happens, but just go ahead and, uh, and roll. Oh no! No, don't say that. Nope. nope. That's a that's a two plus three for a five. Literally, you're killing me. Literally, you're killing me right now. Uh, this is where <laughs> that's what happens is. when you fail at surviving. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can see uh, this 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 person sort of backed up against a a soft mud enclave right against a palisade. He's screaming, no 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 no! And uh, the monster's right about to lunge, and you guys uh, sort of crack an errant twig in the middle of the path, and then as it's about to lunge, <laughs> it sort of swivels around the back of its heels and starts barreling at a horrifying speed directly towards you, Jeremiah. I'm going to run towards it. I want to run towards it and past it, but confuse its instinctual kind of charge to make it like try to get to me instead and stumble. I want to use acrobatics for this? Yes, go right ahead. Nice. I like that. And that'll give us all time to keep running. 
Okay, well, that's going to be 11. I'll tell you what. Um, we're going to make a, a contested roll. Uh, he is going to make a strength check against your, uh, your acrobatics, or essentially a grapple check against your acrobatics. Seems reasonable. Well, um, as you are darting by, uh, the creature almost seemingly without, without looking, without knowing, sort of uh, reaches out um, this horrifying uh, claw towards you and scoops you up by the, by, the, by the foot and sort of throws you in the opposite direction towards the man. And you Oof. are going to take some damage. That's fair. As you clatter against the wall, you're going to take 12 points of damage. Oh! I can take that once. Uh, so yes, you, you clatter against the wall, and you hear a sickening crack. You don't know if it's from within your own body, or if it's the palisade behind you. Um, but the good news is that this creature is not focused on you. It is focused on the three people in front of it. I would like everybody to roll initiative. It was a great Jeez, another two. I got a three total. Um, This creature rolled a nat one for its initiative. Yes! And Emma rolls a five in her exhausted state. Um, She actually does that. uh, Is initiative at disadvantage in a, a level one exhaustion? Or is it just no. a skill check? If it's an uh, ability check, then yes. I don't think initiative counts as an ability check. I think it's it does, which is why bards uh, get uh, half proficiency to it. Oh, shit. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, so anyway, uh, Emma rolled a 5. Let me go ahead, and who rolled more than a 15? <laughs> Nobody. Who rolled more than a 10? <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> uh, <coughs> three? Uh, yep. I also rolled a five. Okay. I got four plus one. So I win with a nine. Wow! Yes. This um, is bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, enough, you, yeah. get, you get thrown against the wall. You hear the sickening crack. Uh, what are you going to do? What I'm going to do is I'm going to lie there for a while, but take out my gun and, you know, like focus and fire. Okay, go ahead and make an attack. Instinctually, you know, like, I'm like, oh, it's battle, ow, ah! Oh. Uh, you see this this man uh, sort of cowering next to you, sort of catatonic almost. Just, just He's of... not my priority, frankly. Yeah. I'm going to be real honest here. Didn't think it would be, but... Okay, well, apparently I'm a good shot when my back is cracked. Uh, I got a 20 to hit. Woo! That hits, absolutely. All right. Roll for damage. Damage, ooh, baby! Damage is 15. Whoa! Oh, wow! You can do that much damage at level two? I, I can do that, I can do that. Is that your radiant, uh, your, your, uh... Again, people at home, this is not homebrew. This is not homebrew. I'm not cheating. <laughs> Question it's not even multi class. classes. Avery uh, 15 I just rolled really well on a regu- wow, very regular... Wow, wow, wow. Uh, yes, uh, you, you aim your gun. This is your, your special, uh, your special bullets, right? Yeah. Uh, you reach into your satchel, you bring out your uh, your faintly glowing bullet, load it in the chamber, aim, fire, pierces through the night sky, and you see a massive chunk of flesh 
explode off of this creature as it uh, it swivels around and turns towards you. I wince more at the uh, kickback from the gun than at anything else that's going on yeah, right now. You feel the kickback of the gun sort of oh, shake through your body. Like hitting you my spine, you know? Fell, feel something in this area. Yeah, something's correct. Is correct. Uh, wonderful. Uh, so next is, surprisingly, uh, with a 4 plus 1, it's going to be Desdemona. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh Alright, um... <laughs> Uh, well, seeing that uh, Avery is literally backed up in a corner here, um, Desmona is going to um, stand out her hand in her palm and cast an Eldritch Blast to try to get this thing to, you know, fucking stop. <laughs> yeah, Spear of Lavender coalesces in your hand. Make that attack roll. Yeah. Okay, uh, 17? Ah, oh, that hits. This is this is a big guy. This is a beefy guy. It's not a fast guy, as far as dodging out of the way. Uh, so, your spear of lavender shoots through the sky and makes contact. Roll for damage. Cool, cool. All right. So that's going to be eight plus three damage. So guys. I need to maybe make these encounters a little bit harder. You guys are kicking butt. Someone got agonizing blasts. <laughs> All right. Um, I uh, real quick. did not expect this, but uh, you can tell that this creature is is bloodied. It is uh, it is sort of seeping heavily from its gaping wounds, not only from the the radiant blast that Avery locked at it, but uh, you also blasted it sort of right across the shoulder blade and neck. As you can see, that sort of sort of pustles and and white pus sort of oozes out of it. Uh, so uh, real quick, uh, yes. this may be relevant to stuff. Uh, of the 15 damage, it was force damage. It was a force uh, round, but two of it was necrotic damage. Two of it was necrotic damage. Um, I, I am not And I'm wondering how that interacts with this creature. I'm going to be honest, I did not think about how that reacts with this creature. Because this is a homebrew creature. Ooh, ah, <laughs> this is homebrew. Uh, so, okay, figured I'd throw it out there. Yes, uh, I think for now we're going to say um, that uh, it affects it regularly. What I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out how much um, vitality resistance this, this type of creature has. And oh yeah, we're going to have to do some lore thing for you. We'll do a little bit of, of Grim Tools action. Um, <laughs> you, um, you, Emma uh, is up next, and she is going to um, sort of lightly tug on your hand, Jeremiah. And um, and she says, "We should not be fighting this creature. We should be running." You say the word, and I will use my powers. But I do not wish to. Not here. Jeremiah nods and he says, "Not yet. Let's see what happens. Let's let this play out for a second. Uh, then up next, uh, you, you're going to see that she is going to just take a step back and and sort of uh, get some distance between it and her and put you between it. Uh, Jeremiah, that's you next. Yeah, and I run forward with my pitchfork raised above my head, shield strapped to my arm, and just with a mighty <laughs> try and jab this thing with my trident. 
Your 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 farmer's trident. Yes, exactly. My farmer's trident. Oh, that is a fifteen plus five is a twenty oh to hit. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck it up, fuck it up. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Another three plus three damage for six damage. Okay. I think every damage roll I've rolled <laughs> so far has been a three. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive in right. its own way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Six working damage. With a horrifying squelch, you thrust your uh, your pitchfork forward and bring it back, and you see three small holes of, of pus just sort of begin running down uh, this creature's back. And hey. uh, let's see, um, it is going. It's getting attacked I, from all angles, so it is going to. Can I take a? But can I use a bonus action to try and get it to focus on me? Uh, go ahead and make uh, an intimidate check. Let's see. Would I, before I roll this, would I be allowed to use my strength stat instead of charisma for intimidate since I'm not trying to, like, intimidate it with words? I'm trying to intimidate it with a pitchfork? Not unless you have <clears> some <throat> sort of feat or something. No, nah, there's no feat for that. Just worth a shot. At least not that I know of. All right, let's see. Uh, that will be a 13 total. Okay, it's going to make a, a wisdom save against that DC. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to turn towards you. Um, I mean, oh no. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yes! Hooray! <laughs> and it's going to make an attack roll. Thanks, buddy. <gasps> My creatures aren't, aren't nothing. Uh, so it rolled an 18, uh, plus 6. Oh, that definitely hits. Woo! Uh, so, uh, you're going to, first of all, you're going to take, uh, take some damage. Oh, yes. What do you mean, first of all? No, no, he's just taking some damage. How many Stop of them are there? Stop it, Alex! You're going to take 13 damage, and you're going to make a okay. strength saving throw. Okay, let me just adjust my hit points real quick. And a strength saving throw. All right. That'll be a 19 total. Uh, yeah, you can tell this creature is thrusting all of its weight onto you, but you're able to dig your heels into the dirt. You can feel yourself sliding backwards, shield raised up, the weight of this massive creature up against you, weighing into you, but you're able to stay on your feet. Back at the top of the round, Professor Avery Locke once again, aiming your pistol and firing. Make an attack roll, my friend. So may I now argue for those flanking rules that we had spoken about? <laughs> I would need to be adjacent to it, technically. Yeah, the flanking rolls are about what's in your immediate area. Okay, that's fair. But right, yes, so those does are, 21 those... beat the armor class? Oh, does it? I don't know. Roll damage. <laughs> Alright, that's gonna be uh, 6 force 4 necrotic. So 10 damage total? This creature is sitting on death's door. Uh, you can oh, come on. You can feel yes. the weight of the creature begin to slump even further into your shield as sloths of flesh and pus begin to seep over you. And you can tell that's not something this creature is doing. This creature is losing life force rapidly as it is sort of collapsing on top of you, Jeremiah. Something force. Desdemona, it is you next. Okay, uh, looking right at this creature, seeing that it is literally on its last fat leg. Um, she's just, she's gonna raise her hand up, palm out once again, and look at everyone around her <laughs> that is alive, and just says, 
get ready to run. And fires off one last, hopefully, Eldritch Blast. So go for it. Hopefully. Make that attack roll. Let's go, let's go. Come on, Desdemona. Let's go, let's go. 18 plus 5, let's go. Yeah. Yes! Okay. Roll damage. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay, yeah. 9 plus 3, 12. All right. Let's go. Here is where I'm going to ask something of you. Oh, Christ, what? Uh, before I ask that of you, I'm going to ask uh, for no, Jeremiah to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, no. Sure, sure. Let's see. Uh, 12 total? Uh, Desdemona, I would like for you to describe how this creature dies, but in your description, I would like for you to end it with this thing falling its weight on top of Jeremiah. Oh, no! Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know what? I thought you were going to have her hit me with the Eldritch Blast, so this, I'm okay with it. <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, Everything shit. has a reason. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, um, well, as the um, lavender lilac um, colored beam of uh, eldritch energy escapes from her hands and makes contact with this creature, Desmona starts to smile, seeing that she actually managed to kill this thing. But as the creature starts to tip and waver and she sees the direction that it's starting to fall her smile just dissipates and she just goes oh shit uh, amazing um, alright that is amazing okay you, you got off uh, pretty light there you are going to take uh, 8 points of damage me? Uh, Johnny left? Yes. oh yeah oh. um and you are now pinned under uh, under the body of this creature. So normally this would be the last encounter roll that you would have to get out of this area. Um, it could remain that way if you guys find a clever way to get Jeremiah out from under this this hulking flesh monstrosity. If not, you're going to, to suffer another encounter roll. Okay. Uh, so, um, you see... Uh, Emma looked to both of you. Uh, Avery sort of uh, slumped on the ground, uh, clearly aching from head to toe. Uh, Desdemona looking shocked by her own power. Um, she goes, how do we get him out? Um, I get up slowly, uh, and my, uh, my green, like my, my black obsidian-ish gauntlet glows with a brilliant green energy as my body kind of realigns itself a little bit. Nice. Oh, so you're healing yourself? Is that the... Yeah. I'm throwing myself a few hit points. Let's say six or so. Okay. Let's say six. Uh, yeah. Let's say. Green energy sort of seeps in. Oh, no. Air. Sorry. Let's say nine or so. Wow. Though whatever class you are is incredibly powerful. Um, yeah, you feel the... Whatever class I am, I can cast... I sure can cast your move. <laughs> you feel that energy sort of seep through your body. Uh, you can feel the bones within you. Uh, your snapped ribs sort of realign and crack back into place. Mm. Yes, it, it hurts. That would feel better. Ugh. You're back on your feet. Uh, you can see still this man, even though clearly out of um, the man who is sitting next to you, clearly out of uh, out of immediate danger, is just sort of sitting there, wide-eyed, muttering to himself. Please no. Does he please. look strong? No, I have, I have a family. Please don't kill me. Does he look strong? 
Uh, he... Ah, uh, no, he looks uh, uh, a below average uh, strength. All right. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk up to the giant bloated corpse. I say, hey, Lamaris. And I'm going to shout just in case he can't hear me. Jeremiah, when I say push, push. And right. we're going to try to assist him in his athletics check. All right. Okay, so uh, what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to treat this as a help action for Jeremiah. Uh, you would normally get a disadvantage on your athletics check. So the advantage is going to cancel out. You're going to get a regular athletics check to try to push this creature off of you. And push! Natural 20, baby! Wow. For a total of 25. (laughs) In a feat of Herculean strength, uh, or should I say in in a feat of Menhirian strength, Hey, hey, I'm getting it right this time. Uh, You can swear, Avery, looking at the bloated corpse of this creature, uh, you can swear that it lifts off the ground for the briefest second as Jeremiah heaves and heaves and... As you see the the creature slump over and Jeremiah stands on his own two feet uh, covered in uh, viscera and pus. My hand in my hand. I should have been a farmer. I give it to him. I give his hand. Thanks. Give me just one second. And I would like to use uh, second wind. Use your second wind. Go for it. Uh, Yeah, we... Sorry, when you uh, gave us that chance when we left the sewers, did that count as an actual short rest? Or was that just a a hit die you were tossing to me as, Um, you know, throwing... It comes from your hit die pool. No, no, no. But I mean, does that count? Like, did that count as an actual short rest? Because no. if it didn't, then I don't have my. Oh, then never mind. Then oh, I don't. So, yeah, have sorry, my, that was, uh, that was not an actual that. short rest. It okay. was a yeah. what I'm calling a breather. Um, yeah, I got you. Okay, that's fine. In that case, yeah. Uh, so on a scale of like one to twenty six, Jeremiah is looking about a five. <laughs> He's looking really hurt and unhappy. If you will. Uh, yeah. Emma, it, it, Emma looks to you and says, if you're okay to walk, we must leave now, as she gestures back towards the city to see a writhing mass of, of creatures and misery just sort of slowly marching out towards this area of the city. I kneel down and I just point to my back. And once again, she gets on and you again hear the muttering, my name is Emma Stax, daughter of Robert and Francis Stax. And, and I just say, ugh, I'll eat and get I to throw my- a rock at the uh, the cowering towns dude as we leave. Uh, yeah, go ahead and um, you know to maybe jolt him to his senses. I'm not. That's all I can think of. So first, <laughs> make roll, that, guys, and then make a persuasion roll. I throw my ranged attack check as eleven, which I I would imagine hits in this case. Uh yes, you know it it absolutely does. You see the rock sails through the air and thunks him on the head. And then persuasion is fourteen. Persuasion is fourteen. Um, yes, you can see um, this this man uh, sort of uh, shakes himself out of it um, and sort of uh, sprints towards you guys um, and says, I, "I can't believe you we killed that thing." Yep, me neither can I. But we need to keep moving. So uh, get yourself to safety if you can. Can I? Can I come with you? Sure. I don't see why not. Thank you so much. I'll be much safer in your capable hands. 
<laughs> yeah. Sure. And then Jeremiah just like just like spits out some blood, maybe like a molar, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so uh with uh with that being said, you push forward uh through the the dusty dirt covered roads and you now instead of seeing cities or or houses or farmsteads or shops in front of you, you see long, flat, open plains. Um, with much of the fire at your back, you have now gotten uh, a veritable amount of distance from Malmoth proper. And um, Emma sort of uh, says in your ear, We need to find safety. There must be somewhere we can go. Well, I've got an idea for that, but I don't know if it's actually going to be safe or not. Matter of fact, I don't know much about the place at all, other than, well, I might have a friend there, and hopefully my daughter. So you guys are all... Tell me about your marching order. I'm assuming Jeremiah first, unless somebody else wants to. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to ask anybody who is not first to make a perception check. Seems that's you, Desdemona. Unless you want to leave it to this rando. Nah, Let's tag I can take along. it. Eight. Eight? Uh, you could have swore you saw something at the edge of your peripheral, Sort of watching you, stalking you. But as soon as you turned, nothing was there. Uh, the... Sun is slowly now rising in the sky after this long, long night is behind you. The grim dawn has finally washed over Cairn. You guys arrive at the humble farming community of Barley Song Straits. <laughs> Sweet home. Is not as you remember it, Jeremiah. Not entirely. Um, it is, of course, uh, barren. If you wouldn't mind, make a perception check for me. Or no, an sure. investigation check. Okay. Ugh. Just him, because he's familiar with the area? I would say uh, just him, because he's familiar with the area, but since you are familiar with the area, do it with advantage. Oh, sweet. He is not a very investigative person. We're going to probably ignore that first roll because that was a three. Okay, 11 minus one. Yeah, that's a 10 total. Um, The thing that really, um, there is an odd energy about it. You can't quite place your finger on it. There is a sort of um, an eerie stillness to this town, especially coming from the chaos and calamity that was Malmoth. just how still and how barren this town feels as to what it was is a stark contrast. And perhaps that's the energy that you're feeling. But I think instinctually, you find your way to uh, Jeremiah's now sold abode. Actually. Oh, no, you tell me, please. If it's all right, I think Jeremiah starts walking. I start walking to my house because it comes naturally, but then I realize, no, it's not my home anymore. And I think 
I know some place that might be safer. And I lead them to the grove, where I once also felt an interesting presence at the large tree there. Very interesting. You, uh, I imagine Emma is still on your back. And you <clears throat> begin um, marching to the grove. Uh, behind you, you hear a gunshot ring out. <sighs> Echoes through the still sky. Um, but you can continue on your way. I pause. Did it sound like it was close or far Very away? Close. Very close. I don't think we keep heading in that direction. Uh, if you'd like, you can make a... Um... Stop. Anybody in fact, can make an investigation check to see if they can pinpoint the direction that the gunshot came from. Can I assist one of them and just give them advantage? Sure. Because advantage would be better than mine. Yeah, I'll, I'll give... Uh, I think I, uh, I hear the gunshot ring out, and I, I immediately think, like, alright, that's not the Jones's gun. It's not the Farley's <laughs> gun. It's not... You know, I mean, it's it's not that I know where it's Hold coming on a from. Second. You are on an interesting thread here. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Who? Okay, I would. I don't know what check to associate with knowing your neighbor's gun is from. Can I don't know. I don't know. Some sort really of intelligence cool, right? check, right? This sounds. This is very cool. Whatever you do, I have very you've got advantage on it. Oh well, thank you. I mean, if it's intelligence, either way, it's going to be at a. Ooh, how about survival? How about survival? Roll me a survival. How about survival? Right? Survival, survival fits. Knowing guns is a very survival thing, isn't it? Well, oh, the first one's got no guns. that one, so thank you for that advantage. Oh. Let's see. 19 plus 322. Good, because my investigation was garbage. <sighs> <laughs> um, Jeremiah, you know for a fact that that is... Uh, the classic one-chamber rifle that the Liptons, who purchased your farm from you, that was their gun. And it fired once. I think I say, uh, that was the Lipton's gun that came from my old home. Do we Does it look like there's any fighting going on when... You, uh, you, you guys are still rather close to the home. You can hear uh, a sort of a soft sobbing coming from within the home. But it doesn't sound like there's a ruckus going on. Did the gunshot sound like it came from inside the house? It did. I know what's happening. Should we? I think Jeremiah says that. I know what's happening. You Should hear we look into it? I don't know uh, the soft sound of that gun reloading and rechambering, echoing through the stillness. And you hear just a soft, soft whimpering coming from inside. I say, uh, as it's Real quick, I'm so sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Uh, Desdemona, I would like for you to, again, make another perception check. Yours is the highest, you know. I know, technically it is. Uh, uh, no, I'm going to try to technically it is. Technically. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, that was, that was a better idea. Yes, so that was a 15 plus 4 for 19. Ooh, Desdemona, um, at the edge of the tree line, uh, you spot a, a humanoid shape sort of uh, staring at you before slinking back into the shadows. 
who's closest to me. <laughs> uh, you you feel the uh, the soft caress of Evangeline uh, over your shoulders, and she says, "As long as you're with me, you are never alone, mother." And we're going to shift back to Jeremiah. You hear again the soft reloading and rechambering of that gun. You hear a whimpering coming from inside the house. And you hear just nondescript voices. I turn to everybody and say, they're either being executed or killing themselves. Well, let's go. He just nods and I open the door. Barging in, guns blazing, right? Uh, Pitchfork blazing. (laughs) You open the door, and it is, as you said, uh, you see uh, Farmer John Lipton standing over the corpse of his wife, uh, sort of brain splattered against the the far wall of of your old home. You see the spot where Roland would would sit in the corner with uh, with his chicken and just and just and just pet him, with skull and brain sort of softly spattered all about. Uh, you see a little bit on your old uh, dining set, on your on the kitchen table that you made with your own hands. A little bit of uh, a spray of blood sort of gone from chair to table to the far wall. And you see Farmer John Lipton uh, sway his gun back towards you, openly sobbing. Jeremiah? Man, what do you want? You one of them? I swear to God, are you one of them? John. Imperium above. I will kill you where you stand. John, just put the gun down. Are you one of them? Answer one me. of what? You know who I am, John. They were going to take us. I had to. I got to finish this. I'm sorry. And he turns back to uh, to his son, who is uh, cowering on the ground, and he, and he aims the gun towards him. And John. Imperion, forgive me for what I'm about to do. I attack John. Can, yeah, can we preempt him? Like, can I shoot him faster than he shoots him? We're going to um, er, try to yeah. kill Farmer John. Is that the idea? No, I want to try and grab the gun from him. I'm going to say these two things are going to happen simultaneously. I'm going to try to shoot him in the foot, if that matters, if you have a mechanic for that. Well, let's go ahead and um, and drop your attack roll by two for targeting a specific part of his body. And if you roll low enough, you might uh, straight hit Jeremiah. Who is in the fray? Worf. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So let's solve. Uh, let's solve um, this first. Go ahead and make your attack roll. Uh, attack roll is twelve, so ten. <clears throat> uh, your bullet lodges in the far wall, just right over, uh, sort of right below. Uh, actually, no, it's going to lodge right into the ground near his foot. Uh, that's going to startle him enough for him, for Jeremiah to go in and get advantage for grabbing his gun. Excellent. Uh, would this be athletics? Uh, yeah, go ahead and make either athletics, or you can make uh, <coughs> an attack roll and grapple that gun out of his hands. Whichever is yeah, better for you. The same, uh, it's actually the, the same, same modifier. So okay. that works. Yeah, same modifier. The proficient thanks, Jack. We're going to ignore the natural one. That was the first roll, and the second roll is a 15 plus 5 is 20. Yes. Um... You see uh, the gun, the bullet whew, fires right into uh, into the ground. The, the the sound from the chamber echoing through the small small cabin. Uh, he startled for a second, goes, "What the heck?" And then you whew, snatch his gun from him, and he says, "Better you than me, man." 
please. Kill us both. We don't want to go through this. Desdemona, get the boy, please. Come with me. Just gesture to the child. The boy, no older than eight, sort of whimpering, uh, runs to you and just sort of bear hugs your thigh. As you can feel uh, tears and snot sort of uh, seeping into your morning dress. It's okay. We'll go outside. You go outside? Yeah. You open the door. How do you ask it with that kind of tone of voice? Why, why do you ask these questions <laughs> with these implications <laughs> in them? What? How dare you? How, how go dare outside? You? What a concept. <laughs> Uh, you take the boy by the hand, you lead him out the front door, and you see uh, a, just an old man in the middle of the street, bleeding profusely. And he goes, oh, thank God, man, you gotta help me. They're coming for me, man, please. Uh, is just gonna poke her head back in and just say, um, gentlemen, there's, there's someone hurt outside. Should we escort him in? Get him safe? Not in here. This house it's isn't not... safe anymore. You see, right. uh, uh, I say, I say uh, we're, we're going to the grove. And I look at John and I say, uh, John, you can either come with us or you can stay here. But I'm not going to let you hurt anybody else. If you stay here, I'll leave you your gun. I'll throw it to you when I close the door. But you're not hurting that boy. All right. Just let me end it. And he goes... Um, I, I, I do what I say. I, I kind of motion for Avery to get out. And then as I close the door, I toss him the gun with just like a, <clears throat> a resigned nod. Uh, you see him... Uh, the gun clatters to the floor next to him. You see him going to, uh, to the cabinet where you always kept uh, your secret, secret stash. He also goes in and he grabs a, a dusty bottle of liquor and you see, you see him sit crisscross applesauce next to his wife and start just openly sobbing. And, mm. uh, and he uncorks the bottle as you close the door. Yep. And maybe he doesn't shoot himself. <laughs> Here's hoping. Uh, go ahead and, uh, and, and roll to see if you recognize this man. Not in nature this time, though. No. <laughs> um... I'm assuming whatever it is, it's going to be a charisma thing, so that's going to be at minus one. Uh, may I have advantage again, since this is my town? Yes, and I kind is, of these know. are your people. I'll let you definitively, if you if you do or do not recognize them. Uh, 17 total. This was your old neighbor down the way. He actually lived a little bit closer to uh, to the sea. Uh, he was a a fishmonger. This is, uh, this is Mr. Francois. Mr. Francois. Oh, Jeremiah, please. You gotta help me. And he sort of opens his hand. You see it's just covered in blood and he's shaking. Shit. Can you move for now? Can I treat it later? You gotta help me, man. Get me up. I, uh, I set Emma down. Emma, are you good to walk on your own for a bit? And she gives you just like a soft nod. As she as she takes out uh, something from her pocket and begins thumbing it between her index and thumb, and begins muttering to herself, "We're going." Quick question. Yes. 
uh, how long have we been kind of running slash traveling slash moving away from Mammoth and did we get to like recharge short rest resources at all? Uh, on the uh, the journey from uh, Mammoth outskirts to Barley Stock Strait, you would have had the opportunity to short rest. So this is something that I do instead of having you actively take time to short rest. Any time that you sort of take a break for an extended period of time, any time there's a time lapse in the story, that is a short rest. And remind me to give that to you guys because I'm uh, historically uh, terrible at it. I was going to say, that being said, I'm going to roll my last hit die to see. Yes, go right ahead. Anybody who needs it. Because I, I am fucking low. All right. Seven hit points back. I'm, I'm at half HP for now. Which is okay. And I get my second win back, so that's at least alright. Um, and I say, uh, I say, Francois, we're going to the grove. Once we get there, I can look at you, but we gotta get out of here. It's not safe. You already know that. Let's go. I can't help. I can't walk on my own. You gotta help me up. I give do. me a second. Give me a second, Jeremiah. Sure. I, I, I lean to him and I, uh, I touch my uh, black gauntlet, which, you know, again, glows with a Radiant green glow. Mm-hmm. He gets uh, five HP. Uh, your um, your stones fire out, circle around him. They are not able to find any wounds on him. And as you as you reach in to go and heal him, he says, "I need you to help me. Give your blood back to Cathon." He takes a dagger out and tries to drive it into your gut. Dude, I'm grateful. First of all, not cool. <laughs> Damn it, Francois. That's the dagger I lent you last year. You said you lost it, you bastard. Uh, he rolled an 18, <laughs> and he's going to get a plus two to this mm. attack. That hits. Yeah. That does hit. I think I'm the one getting stabbed. Uh, that is going to be a, uh, a six I'm the one trying to one. heal him. As he drives uh, that dagger uh, deep into your belly. Uh, me, right? Yes, attacking. To, uh, to Avery. Oh, okay. Because Avery was the one who, who reached out and then tried to <clears> help him. Uh, Desdemona, while this is happening, I would like for you to make uh, make another perception check for me. Oh my god. Why am so I the one who has to watch? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, 13. Because you can do it. Yeah, because you're so good at it. 17. Uh, you can see now um, the figures that were sort of around the periphery that were that were sort of uh, spying on you and moving back into the shadows. Uh, you can see they're no longer bothering to move back in the shadows. You just see four or five figures just out in a, in a semicircle, just sort of uh, standing, staring. All sort of dressed in this, this black and red garb. Uh, and you see uh, Frank Waz now uh, on his feet. Ah, you're a cultist! I fork him. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make an attack roll, and then we will jump into our second initiative of the day. Ah! Sorry, I should actually, I should have given you a chance, Avery. You were the one who was stabbed. Is there anything you want to do before I. No, I'm stumbling back being stabbed. You go ahead. <laughs> okay. He's yeah. busy. I, I, I didn't want to, you know. <clears throat> All right. That will be a 15 to hit. 15 to hit, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll for damage. Hey, that'll be seven damage total. Uh, seven damage. Uh, you drive your pitchfork deep and sort of scores from the top of his left shoulder down his chest, 
uh, into the middle of his, his midsection, sort of skewering his kidney as you, as you pull it out. And uh, Francois, sort of, as the force of your pitchfork comes out of his body, he stumbles backwards. Uh, and uh, he sort of begins looking at his blood and he goes, <laughs> Man, you are going to make a beautiful sacrament. Go ahead and roll initiative. Alright. I'm loving this. Uh, I got an You said 11. this was a nice round. <laughs> you rolled an 11? Yes. Or I got an 11 total. Rolled Wonderful. a 10. Uh, Desdemona? <clears throat> I rolled a 9 plus 1 for 10. Okay. Uh, Mr. Locke? My total is 20. Oh, there we go. Nice. Oh, how the turntables. How the turntables. Okay, so, uh, Professor Locke, you're going to see uh, these figures just take in uh, one solemn step, a step towards you, sort of closing the gap just a little bit. And you see Francois sort of laughing maniacally to himself uh, and and bleeding. Man, I bleed for the old one. My blood was his to begin with, and it shall return. <laughs> How close are the other figures? Are they? Far, do they just look far, like far, people? Far, far, far. Are they people? Maybe they look. Yeah, they look. They look pretty humanoid. At a, at a distance. Right. Well, I shoot him, and let's get out of here. Uh, go ahead and make an attack roll with advantage. Good, good advantage. Uh, this is 22 instead of 8. Woohoo! Okay, roll your damage. It's gonna be 12 force. Um, go ahead and describe how you execute Francois. I, I shoot his head. I shoot him in the face. <laughs> Straight up. Sometimes. Like, he's on the ground and he's like giggling, and I'm just like, okay, let's go. Yeah, you cut him off mid, uh, mid gut busting laughter. As his his, uh, his his body slumps to the floor, and and you sort of uh, hear in your heads uh, this 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 deep sort of uh, rich voice go. Do not spill their blood just yet, my children. These precious sacrament. Cathan has a bigger plan for them. Okay. You know, this talk of blood has me uneasy. I'm going to pick up the knife that has my blood on it before we start going. Uh, very interesting. Um, so earlier, Jeremiah said that this was uh, the hunting knife that he had led Francois earlier. However, uh, now that you have it in your hand, you can clearly see that it's sort of a, a wicked and twisted blade. Very much so not like a blade that's meant to be uh, used for in combat or used for like gutting fish or anything like that. This is clearly a ceremonial Chris. Uh, etched along the blade is a deep red hue and uh, sort of strange chthonic glyphs. That is not the knife I lent him. Alright, let's go. Uh, up next in the initiative, I believe, was a Desdemona. <clears throat> oh, we're not out of initiative? Oh, yeah. We're not out of initiative. <sighs> okay. Um, up, 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 up. Well, I mean, these figures there so are off, he said. Um, I mean, 
<laughs> hold an action? I mean, there's. I, you can, still you an can absolutely hold an action. Yeah, I mean, I want to. I, well, I don't even have a direction. We weren't given a direction yet. I'm following Jeremiah. I'm following Jeremiah. Where are we going, Jeremiah? This way. Is it safe to say you all just hold actions until Jeremiah's turn? Uh, Emma looks at you and she and, and she nods. She says, I am following your lead. Uh, that's a scary thought. All right, let's go. <laughs> um, and I lead them to the grove. Um, you start doing my best. Oh, sorry, go ahead. In the direction of the grove. And um, <clears throat> standing right in your path is um, a man in a robe. Uh, pale hands sort of poke out from underneath. Uh, dark black fingernails and sort of uh, red etching all the way throughout. And so we need to move through there. them to get to the grove. Stranger, I don't suppose you'd like to uh, get out of our way. Uh, the figure remains silent. <sighs> What are the other, uh, I'm just going to call them cultists, I don't know what they are, but the robed figures that were far, far away, did, did they move when we move? They are, um, now, now that you've sort of moved from this sort of town square, uh, a centralized area, uh, into more of the fringes of the town, uh, these robed figures have started to slowly march towards you. Okay. I try to move around this person. It's one person, right? So they can't block up the whole road. I'll try moving around them. Uh, yeah, okay. Go ahead and uh, well, I, th I think they're going to uh, make an action against you. That's what I figured. <sighs> okay. Um, so you're going to see them uh, draw one of their ceremonial knives and sort of grasp in their hand and just rake it down as their hands are now just dripping in blood. Um, and then you see them sort of manipulate the blood a little bit and make a wisdom saving throw for me. Oh, this is not going to be very good. Oh, actually, wisdom's all right. Let's see. Ugh, nine total. Uh-oh. Uh, you... You start staring intently into this globule of, of pulsating blood as you look down at your own hands and you start seeing etched in blood are these sort of strange, maddening glyphs. Uh, they're a language that somehow you comprehend and you don't at the same time. And you start panicking just a little bit. But also you feel tired and drained and exhausted, but also like you're having a heart attack as further and further up your skin you start seeing etched in blood somehow on top of your skin and underneath your skin glyphs 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 all the way up until one is on the center of your head and you just feel <sighs> drained completely well that's not good do, do the others see the glyphs Strangely enough, uh, Desdemona, uh, you, looked, you look to uh, Jeremiah, and you see him sort of swaving his bands back and forth, sort of inspecting his body, sort of looking underneath his, his, uh, his chainmail and his gherkin, um, and you don't see anything. 
But you do see a definitive uh, paling, a lack of color, almost like all the blood got drained from his body, a little bit. Well, I guess my action held. I mean, it's the 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 good old the the standard uh, Eldritch Blast um, to any, I guess, enemy in the way. And this guy's looking like he's hurting my farmer friend. So you know what? <laughs> We're not gonna have it. Um, the 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 boy is kind of still like next to me, right? Uh, yeah, he's uh he's sort of um, gripping your dress and looking back towards the uh, cultists that are encroaching. Do we still have our below average strength straggler? <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, you absolutely. Oh true. shit! Completely forgot about that. I'm guy. not expecting it to be useful. I just want. He's still sticking I, with uh, us. I'll tell you what, um, he, uh, since he saw you, um, since you were the one who sort of snapped him back to reality and got him to move on instead of sort of accepting his fate and dying in the edges of Melmoth, he, uh, he's sort of going to look to you for cues. So okay. for now, uh, he will take actions <clears throat> on your turn based on your command. You start preparing an Eldritch Blast. A spool of lavender light begins to throb and pulse in your hand. Go ahead and make an attack roll. Um, before I do, I'm just gonna look down at the boy and just say, um, just, just keep your eyes closed, okay? Everything's gonna be alright. Yeah, he looks at you bleary-eyed with snot running down his nose, and he, he shakes his head violently and, and just shuts his eyes as hard as anybody could shut their eyes. Alright, let's do it. Alright, uh, yeah, 16 plus 5, 23, I believe. Just a One. spear of lavender light fires to the sky, roll damage. Yee yeah, buddy, that's ten plus three for thirteen. Yes. Oh my god! Uh, yes, you fire your eldritch blast, um, and the force of it absolutely pierces right through his belly and knocks him back uh, into almost the the edge of the wood, uh, where you see several more cultists simply standing and waiting. As that man just sort of gives up the ghost entirely. Nice. Uh, is Jeremiah looking okay now? Uh, make a uh, make an insight check. Uh, no, make uh, yeah, what's it? Uh, yeah. Make a perception check, I think. Okay, I'm, I'm good with either one. I'm not sure if this is more like a checkup on his mental state or me- a checkup on his physical state. So I think we'll just go ahead and go for perception. Okay. Okay, uh, it's an eleven. Um, Jeremiah looks um terrible. <laughs> True. Jeremiah looks pale. He's uh, he's sort of slouched forward, and somehow he's violently shaking as well. Um. Okay. I mean, I still have movement. Could I go up to him, and would it be an action just to like reach out and like touch him and make sure he's like you know okay? <laughs> we'll call this an object interaction. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Are you saying he's an object? <laughs> I'm, effect- I'm objectifying Jeremiah at this time. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. He is a person. <laughs> treated with respect. All right, here's your person interaction. Yes, yeah, so here's, here's your one, uh, by D&D 5 year rolls, here's your one free person interaction. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and just place your hand on him or or just like, is that the idea? You want to like sort of get a read of I just want to make sure that he's okay, that he can like lead on. Uh, yeah, you place your, your hand on him. Make a medicine check for me. I promise we're going to be done with all this check, 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 check gameplay. No, don't be. I'm fine with it, man. Come on, yeah. All right. 
Rolling yeah. dice is what we're here for. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. We're going to roll some dice for no reason. Um, that is a 13. Um, you place uh, your hand on his arm, and you feel the blood surging through his arm. Just thump, 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 thump. His veins are almost like crawling out of his skin. I don't feel Can very I... well. Uh, Can you walk? That is a wonderful question. Can I walk? Uh, your move speed is down to 10. Oh. I hear yes. Yeah, I say, uh, yeah, I'm fine. But you see, as I take a step and then a step, that I'm just walking so slowly. But I am moving. I think the, uh, you know, the pitchfork once held strongly in my hand is now kind of like dragging on the ground. I, oh, I'm actually probably using it as like a yeah, uh, you're like leaning on it to like. Uh, um. So push forward. as you um, as you laboriously push forward, uh, are you guys continuing down that path towards the grove? I'm following Jeremiah. Same. Jeremiah would uh, see the same thing that Mari says. Sees because yeah, because I'm walking so slowly. I think I say like within the first couple steps, like. <clears throat> they're going to be able to follow us there. I don't so, know. So uh, I'm going to turn around and, you know, kind of like keep my action ready to shoot anyone who gets too close. Uh, speaking of, uh, turning the corner, you just see a couple of robed figures just coming out from behind a farmstead and simply standing there shoulder to shoulder uh, waiting. I'm going to shoot one. Shoot one. Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to take careful aim on that one too. Not careful enough, though. Um, That's uh, eight to hit. Eight to hit. That's That's not hit. Yeah, yeah, you you fire above their heads. They don't flinch. They don't. They don't change their demeanor. They simply stand. Um, For uh, for my object interaction, can I hand? Does uh, does Mister Straggler have a name? You don't know his name. You never asked. (laughs) Come on, we are on the road for a couple hours. (laughs) I know. He thought it was weird that you didn't ask. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, you guys uh, figured out that his name was Tim. Tim the Strangler. Sure. I like it. Tim, take this knife. I don't want you doing anything silly or heroic, but if someone attacks you, defend yourself. Yeah. You got it, Avery. I definitely know your I... name as well. <laughs> I want, By the way, I 100% would have introduced myself as Professor Locke. I just oh. want to put that out there. So sorry. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant Professor Locke. I'm... I feel a little bit flustered because the situation. I didn't spend ten years in archaeology school to be called Avery by random people. This feels like a weird time to bring that up. <laughs> if, I, if I can be completely honest, I say uh, the grove is this. As far as I can think, it's 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 going to be the, the yep. safest place. But we just got to get there. All right. Then yeah, I just lead them as slowly. Oh, but two people in the way. Oh, are, I didn't. Th- I'm sorry, I didn't realize they were in the way. I thought yeah. they were. Off uh, to you the see, side. Uh, looking towards the grove, which is uh, pierced through the tree line in sort of like an opening uh, within. Um, you see a few uh, a few hooded figures sort of standing amongst the trees, barely shrouded in the shadow, but also making their presence known, trying to be imposing. 
Are they I'd... in the grove? Or... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Just at the edge of the tree line. Towards the grove. Are you sure about this grove? No. No, I'm not. But... And I, I try to explain to them that feeling that I got that day. I don't tell them the whole story. Maybe I do, since we're walking so slowly. But I just keep plodding forward, and I tell them, I I helped a, a witch. She was injured and running. She stayed with us for a while, but the Luminari came to collect her. She was at the grove with my kids. She she ran off. I tried to make as much noise as I could on her way there to give her time. They were gonna, they were threatening my kids. So and I had to give. I sorry, go on. Well, I basically, you know, I just exposit. We don't have to go into the whole thing. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> you hear sort of uh, in a, in a deep paratone uh, from behind you. This time, not in your heads, out in the open air. Oh. What a touching story, dear Sacrament. You are strong, I can see that. We need you. Come. To the embrace of the one true God. Anyway, after she left, I stayed for a little while. And I felt something. I don't know. And he like pauses, right? When the guy says that, he does pause. And after he's done with the sentence, he pauses one more moment before just taking another slow step forward and just continues his story. I mean, Jeremiah might be fixated, but I'm assuming that the, the entire rest of the group turns around to see who's talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Jeremiah. So and you can tell Jeremiah is out of it right now. <laughs> this is just how it keeps himself going. Is just yeah, one exactly. foot, one foot, one word, one word. He's almost talking to himself more than you guys, and that's that's when Lucy started uh, hating me. <laughs> so as, as Jeremiah uh, drones on, sort of coming in and out of, uh, <clears throat> of consciousness almost, not entirely aware of his faculties, you all turn around, you see, uh, you see this, this man with, with a sort of pale skin and these, these, these dark, dark lips and a completely shaved head with tattoos sort of coming from the right side of his brow all the way back with his head, his hood drawn down. And he's clutching a, uh, a black book. And he says, Oh, all of you, even the child, you are all such blessed weapons against the ethereal incursion. Please, come with me, sacraments. I feel more useful as a weapon than as a sacrament. You will be used exactly as he deigns you, my child. His design is perfect, and so are you. Am I familiar with Catonic cults? Oh, for sure. Okay. You, you more than anybody. Uh, if any history checks you need to make against a Catonic cult, uh, you can make with advantage. History, religion, whatever. All of that, yeah. It's fine, I'm proficient in both of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, uh, what do you want to know? Or you just want to know if you have a general... What, do I know what sacrament really means? Like, what, what, exactly, what exactly is it that he wants to do with us? Uh, you know, the, the core mission of the Cult of Cathan is to uh, spill blood and return it to Cathan. And so I just want to bleed is, the whole world to death. The sacrament in this case uh, means they want to drain you dry. Come. 
humble as a sacrament to the bosom of the All Father. So actually what's going to happen is we're going to not do that. We're going to leave and you're going to let us go. One way or another, blood will be spilled here today. It does not have to be yours. You can spill blood on his behalf. How about yours? You got blood. Gladly. He takes out a blade and digs it deep into his palm and rakes it. And again, he holds a pulsing globe of blood and says, Sleep now, child. We'll talk more no, no, in the morning. No, 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 no. Make a wisdom saving throw. No. Oh! I said no. <laughs> no. Ten. <laughs> oh, my friend. Uh, Men. Jesus. You begin to almost I'm swallow kidding. your own tongue as you begin to claw desperately at your chest as you can feel your heart almost ripping itself from the cavity of your ribcage. Uh, you sort of collapse to your knees as these wounds <laughs> crawl up your arms through your body. Please. It does not have to be this way. Uh, he saunters up to you, Desdemona, and takes a, a bloody hand and just sort of... He's, he's reaching out to you with his, with, his, with his bloody hand just towards your face says, Please, my child. Uh, if possible, Jeremiah would use whatever strength he has to interpose himself. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make a, let's just call it a constitution, uh, a constitution check with disadvantage. Okay. Could I argue constitution save? Yes. All right. With disadvantage. All right. Oop, haunt off the table for the second one. Uh, that's a nine total. Uh, you can't conjure the strength to properly get to your feet. He's reaching towards you, Desdemona. Open wound, uh, blood dripping from his hand. Um, I see such wonder in you, child. So can I smack his hand away? You can do anything you want. I am, you I am not a fan of this nonsense. Smack. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to make you roll for that. You, His, his, his hand is, is slowly moving towards you, and you bat it out of the way, and he says, oh... They are always combative at first. I know this is not an easy truth for you to accept, but you were stolen. Your blood is not your own. What part of we're not going with you do you not understand? We are leaving and you're going to leave us alone. I don't want to hurt anyone else, but you leave me no choice. And if, he get, and if he takes one step closer, the hand's going up. Okay, so I'm going to call that you're ready in action. Yeah. Okay, uh, he just made a perception check. And he is going to say... Uh, uh, he's going to point to Emma, and he's going to say, the perverse nature of that child wants to twist your bodies and use them as weapons against you. I will simply destroy them and then return you to oblivion. Sweet release. I have too much to live for. And I will continue to live. Now uh, stay back. He is once again going to reach towards you. Bloody palm in hand. 
You asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. That is a 16 plus 5. 23. Man, your dice are hot today. All of you. Actually, I know Wait. Jeremiah's been rolling uh, hot nat ones. Uh, been, <laughs> thankfully, only with on advantage rolls, but a few. Our now. attack rolls have been really good consistently. Really yeah, really good. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and roll damage. Okay. Um, that is seven plus ten. Uh, yeah, you um, you blast him point blank. Lavender light s- seemingly streams from your hand, and just <laughs> as he stumbles backwards, and he looks to his cultist, "Do not harm them. I will have them. I will." And he again he digs his finger into his palm. And you see the blood begin to flow so openly now. And it sort of webs between his hands into a, a sigil of its own. And he says, please, child, close your eyes. Pretend. Can I look away while he's doing that? After seeing what happened to Jeremiah and Avery, kind of, you know, putting one and two together. Do whatever you must. Same fate awaits you. You can look away, but you're still gonna make a wizard same throw. Oh shit! Okay. Nah. I thought it was one of those like you have to are, if you're not looking at it. Okay. Are Close Avery and Jeremiah, are Avery and Jeremiah able to take actions during this or no? Uh, yeah, I've um, you guys can take actions, but you're just severely addled. Okay. Uh, so if you guys ever want to do anything, just sort of speak okay. up. We sort I, of I just want to slipped away from conventional combat. In my yeah. Mind, at least. No, I, I agree. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Um, I rolled a 14 for my wisdom save. Finally. Is that, uh, you rolled a 14 to get bonuses, or? No, no, I rolled a, okay, 14, uh, it was a 10 plus 4. Okay. Um, you, um, you can sort of hear his voice, and he goes, oh, you're so strong. I need your strength. And then you can you can see the glyphs sort of write themselves on your hand and quickly vanish away before redoubling again and crawling up your skin. You see now, not just glyphs, your entire hand is drenched in blood. For a brief moment, you're holding Evie. You're back on the floor of the Valmaris estate. Her flesh is cold against the touch. And then you're back here, hands covered in blood. And then the back of your head, it's like, your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. And your heart races. You can feel it in your throat, in your chest, in your head, behind your eyes, beating, blurring, vision, swirling. Is there anything I can do? No, I mean... Not really. You, you got the same sort of um, things imposed against you as they do. So just speed is now down to ten. Your speed is now down to a ten. You get a disadvantage in all saves. You're, you're essentially uh, <clears throat> super duper exhausted. Um, I wanna. Yeah. Go ahead. I wanna like. I'm I'm still on my knees, but I'm gonna like slightly move towards him. Towards Jeremiah? What, what? No, towards the uh, the head cultist man. Oh yes. 
And I'm gonna... Come to me on your knees, as it should be. You know, take my hand, like... I'm gonna kind of reach towards him a little bit. He slowly reaches his palm out towards you. Then I'm gonna toss the storm box of Elgoloth under his feet and uh, create a bolt of lightning to zap him. (laughs) Cool! Love it. Go ahead. Uh, spell attack is 24. Oh. Um, go ahead and roll for damage, if you will. Excellent. It's gonna be... Is it min or a maximum? I can't tell. It's, 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 it's one lightning damage. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm trying here. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, you can see... Um, the Stormbox Elgolath clatters on the ground, arcs up with lightning, and you can see he still just reaches his hand out towards you. He says, all children rage against their father, I know. And the the lightning will keep going if he doesn't do anything about it. Like, if he doesn't, like, smack away my concentration, the lightning keeps going. When he says all children rage against his father, Jeremiah thinks about Lucy, and tries to attack him. He says, okay. You're, you're going to make this attack roll at disadvantage. Sure. And he says, but it's a father's <clears> job <throat> to look out for them anyway. And let's see with disadvantage. Two 16s plus five for 21, my friend. Nice. Four, five damage total. Oh uh, yeah. Um, weekly, you sort of get your get yourself up uh, onto your legs with your pitchfork, and you just go out with a wild slash, lunging forward. I'd like for you to make a dexterity saving throw right now. Sure. That is a four total. Uh, just for flavor, you sort of you slash him, and then you keep on going past him and sort of clatter on the ground. Uh, you're effectively prone, but it's not going to mean much. Can I? Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. Can I action surge? Of course you may. I will action surge. As it were. And I think, like, as I'm falling prone, I turn around and give it another... As I collapse to the ground again. Let's see. Ooh, disadvantage. 18 total. Yeah, go ahead and roll damage. All right. Eight damage total. Ooh. Yeah. You swivel back around near, uh, on, your, on your heel, finding uh, an incredible bout, a well of energy within you that, in all uh, seriousness, should not be accessible to you at this time. But hearing uh, himself uh, likened to a father and mm. feeling the rage that you feel at losing Roland and feeling Lucy slip farther and farther away from your grasp, you turn around, get him again with one more slash. He refuses to flinch, his hand still outstretched towards, uh, towards Professor Locke. It doesn't have to be this way, just resign. Valmaris, you, you doing anything? Uh, after a minute too long at her bloody hands, 
um, Desdemona will probably snap out of it, look up at this guy, and just anger in her eyes, raise her hand up again, and wordlessly just Eldritch Blast. Go for it. Fucking done with them. I'm fucking done. Fucking done! (laughs) Alright, alright. It is a 12 plus 5, 17. That hits. Right, alright, okay. All right, all right. The bell curve of these attacks, man. You guys are... It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. This is intense. Um, that is nine damage. I mean, the fact that he's not even trying to avoid the attacks probably isn't. Yeah, you guys can see um, he is, at this point, bloodied. He, uh, you can see sort of blood seeping from his pitchfork wounds, from his Eldritch Blast wounds. Um, he is going to, he's going to look down. He's going to go, oh, enough of this. I suppose you'll have to learn the hard way. And then he he looks to you, uh, Professor Locke, and with Mm -hmm. tears in his eyes, and he says, no father ever wants to punish their children, but sometimes they must. And he reaches into his his robe, gets uh, some blood from his pitchfork wound, and um, you see it sort of slowly assimilate into... uh, this sort of crude representation of uh, of like this this angry man, this sort of this face that's just sort of biting and screaming, and then he just gets down, he whispers to it, and then he crushes it in his hand, and then all of you make a Constitution saving throw. Oh shit! Okay. Oh, twenty four okay. total. Yeah. What? That makes my 13 sound a lot less sexy. <laughs> my my farmer time. won't give up. He's a freaking workhorse. That's what he is. I got a 10. Um, so simultaneously, both uh, Desdemona and Avery, you guys see your vision narrowing to a single point and then whisking away. What you see, Jeremiah, is uh, both Desdemona and Professor Locke uh, collapse in front of you. Are we technically at zero hit points? No, you or are just, just unconscious. You're just unconscious. You have all of your hit points. Okay. Jeremiah is going to try and get to his feet and attack. Emma, uh, you see, Emma is, is sort of standing next to uh, to Tim and this young boy, um, and and she sort of she looks at you with great concern and she says, "Should I?" If you think you can, maybe. And uh, I'm going to give her a definite answer after I see how this attack goes. Let's see. Okay. Disadvantage. Ooh, nope. Natural one. Oh. So many natural ones. I'm going to ask you to, once again, make your constitution saving throw. Okay as you are reaching into the very last bout of your energy, as you're trying that, your best to save off this curse. That is a 14. And you too see your vision narrow to a point and turn to dust before you. And it's not too long, at least in your heads, before you all wake up bound in chains in some dark cellar. 
you see next to you in a row is Emma and Tim and this young boy. Are they alive? They are alive. Everyone's alive and everyone is unharmed at this point. Uh, and you see uh, you see this cultist from earlier just sort of uh, sitting with his legs crossed underneath his robe and he says, Oh, sacraments. I cannot wait to read you the good word. And that is where we'll end our session. Uh, <laughs> damn it! Good session, God everybody. Damn it. I hate the cult of Kathan. Hey, everybody. Old-timey cowboy and grim Don Dungeons and Dragons creator Armored Otter here, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I love you. <laughs> I love you, I do. I haven't really had the guts to say it, but now I'm saying it. I love you. I love you. And I want to say thank you for watching or consuming Grim Dawn Dungeons and Dragons, however you did. It means so much to me. We love making this series, and we will make it for as long as we possibly can. If you want to make sure that happens, head on over to twitch.tv and give me Jeff Bezos' money. Your Prime subscription would mean $2.50 in my bank account every single month, and that would be a huge boon. Or you can head on down to patreon.com slash armoredotter. Yeehaw! You can just give me money directly. What's better than that? Or... If, you don't, if you're not looking to spend money, why not recommend this show to your friends? You can like, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, and just spread the Grim Dawn Dungeons & Dragons news to everyone who might listen to you. Of course, I also want to thank other people who make this show possible, namely Hijinks the Mule. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash hijinksthemule. He does excellent, excellent, excellent Dungeons & Dragons live streams. They are so much fun and they're so interactive. You've got to check him out. Or I would also love for you to check out Nebula Orionis who supplied us with some of the music in this vodcast. He makes wonderful Grim Dawn-themed metal music. It blows my mind, it gets my heart racing, and it makes me feel creative and alive. So definitely check those people out, and definitely thank yourself for me for consuming this product. Again, I love you, I need you, and I want to hold you close. Thank you all.